This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. I don't know that there was anything specific. We just weren't very good. Hmm. Tell me what you really think, Sully. Welcome in to the latest edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff. Hi. I'm Chris Mack. If you're watching this on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page, uh, thank you very much for joining me. Be sure to tap the little notification bell down there, and you will be alerted every time there are new videos posted to the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page, including full episodes of this right here. This being me not knowing what to do with my hands like Ricky Bobby, uh, Fifth Avenue face-off. Um, I got to make jokes here because this was a bad one. Tonight, uh, Don't forget, if you're listening to the audio-only version, by all means, you want to make sure you're subscribed or following the podcast, however you get it. Uh, whatever app you use, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of them, uh, iTunes, of course, and your Odyssey app. It's free, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today and take Fifth Avenue Face Off and 93.7 The Fan and all your sports, music, news, and podcasts with you wherever you may be in the world. Pens lose 5-2 to the devils and there's a lot of different ways to complain about this one to be quite honest we'll get to what this means for things going forward in just a couple of minutes because that's definitely worth talking about now Uh, I had said eight points in this six game stretch when we looked at the schedule and the way it was all of a sudden ramping up um, turning up to 11 Uh, And what they had out through the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, Devils, Canes, Golden Knights, Rangers, Sabres, Leafs, uh, said you got to get eight points in those six games just to keep pace uh, with the wild card uh, race. Uh, And, uh, well, it's going to be hard to do now, Uh, real hard to do, given the way the schedule stacks up. But we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, you, You heard Mike Sullivan there. It was just a poor performance. But the problem was, not only was it a poor performance, it was nobody lifting up the rest of the team when they were falling down. Uh, And so, for example, you could get away with playing a less than stellar game if Tristan Jari makes a couple of big saves. You can get away with playing a less than stellar game if Sidney Crosby has a hat trick like he did the other night, right? You can get away with that if your third line is the best line on the ice, as the third line has been for a while now, up until tonight. Um, You can get away with things if one person, an Eric Carlson or a Sidney Crosby, comes along and lifts the rest of the group up. Or 
one line comes along and lifts the rest of the group up or your goaltender comes along and lifts the rest of the group up. But that didn't happen tonight. It was a game until the third period, to be quite honest, that I thought was fairly even, right? Um, and that's that's probably damning with faint praise, right? Because we think, oh, it's the Devils. Eh, the Devils without Timo Meyer or Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes. As Devils light. And it, to the Penguins' credit, it was fairly even, despite the sloppiness that they played with through the first two periods. Um, the problem was... Despite that sloppiness, they weren't getting bailed out, like I said. They weren't getting picked up when they fell down, in particular by their goaltending. But let's start with what was just an absolutely disastrous, disastrous power play tonight. I don't know how else to describe it. When you give up more odd man breaks while you're on the power play, then you generate scoring chances. And I, I'll be honest, I'm not even digging into the numbers on natural stat trick tonight. Not even going to do it. But with my own eyes, this is like when you see a, a left tackle blow a block in a football game and everybody says, well, he graded out well on PFF. I don't care. My eyes tell me, my eyes tell me that was a bad performance. I don't need to look at natural stat trick and look up the numbers to know that the Penguins power play that the Devils' PK generated more offense when they were on the ice against the Penguins' power play than the Penguins' power play did. That's just embarrassing. You know, that's what it is with this this embarrassment of riches that the Penguins have on the power play has actually led now to embarrassment. 0 for 3 tonight on the power play. It wasn't just that they were 0 for 3 on the power play. It was that they gave up at least that many shorthanded odd man rushes back the other way towards their goaltender. And to Jari's credit, to Jari's credit, he didn't let them all go in, I guess. Mm. Um, it was very sloppy. Uh, and you would think that after the first one of those goes back the other way, you recoil a little bit as, as a power play unit and you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, we got to get it together here, boys. Let's tighten it up. Let's not make the extra cross ice pass. That probably isn't going to generate a better scoring chance anyway, right? Nope. They kept doing it. They kept doing it. They got sloppy and it burned them. Burned them on the Lazar shorthanded goal, which look, the rust pass as he's approaching the offensive blue line is bad enough that leads to the turnover. Again, it's compounded by the one guy who can pick up his teammates in that instance, Tristan Jari, not picking up his teammates, gives up an ugly five-hole goal to Lazar. And so there you go. It's 1-1 after Brian Rust had scored the first goal of the night. Rusty giveth, Rusty taketh away. And Rusty giveth again. He scores a little more than three minutes into the second period, right? And so... Pens are back up, 2-1. Russ gets his ninth of the season, and less than a minute later, like 40 seconds later, the Devils score. Here we go. This, this tale is old as time. The Penguins 
not buckling down after they score a goal and take a lead. Instead, I think I saw Rob Rossi tweet this, and it's a very accurate description. They seemingly just hope that the other team is going (sighs) to slump their shoulders, drop their heads, skate over to the bench, and just walk down the runway and leave the arena. Oh, the Penguins got the lead on us. Well, darn, I guess we're done. And guess what? More often than not in the NHL, that doesn't happen. And so what you get is a lackadaisical unit going out there against a unit for the opposition who is looking now to even things up at any cost. It's exactly what the Devils did. Nathan Bastian scores his first goal of the season. And again, an instance where Jari doesn't get a ton of help, but he doesn't do anything to lift the guys up in front of him. Or, I guess, maybe more accurately, it goes the other way around in this case. Because Jari gives up a a terrible rebound on a blocker save. And Big Z redeems the horn up, plays little. He doesn't doesn't do anything to help clear out that area. And look, Zahorna is not supposed to be playing around his own net. I get it, but he's there, and he's a massive human being who should be able to keep guys in red jerseys away from that area. Instead, he didn't. And you get an evened-up game to a piece now in the second period. And again, we're talking about either Jari not lifting up his guys or his guys not being, uh, or his guys not lifting him up when he makes a mistake. Terrible rebound by Jari there, given up, and it ends up in the back of the net. Third period comes along. And again, for the first couple of minutes, I thought, hmm, okay. Despite the mistakes, the Pens are playing. Other than the mistakes, they're playing even with the Devils. What what could I really complain about? And again, you take a half step back and go, no Meyer, no Heischer, no Hughes. Uh, they should be doing more than just playing even with the Devils, right? But they weren't. It, it, you just looked at it and said, hey, get out of this one with at least a point. You'll be all right. They couldn't do that. Uh, two and a half minutes in, here comes Jesper Bratt. And... Here comes a really pretty, look, credit to Brad. It's a really pretty shot that he tucks up there um, over Tristan Jari's shoulder. But uh, I'll be honest, he completely lost his post. Brat isn't, Brat puts it where it's probably a goal anyway, even if Jari finds his short side post. Uh, But he lost it altogether. I mean, Brat's got, half half a foot along the post to shoot at there. And he just so happens to pick the upper corner, which is, again, a really nice shot by Brat. It's probably a goal anyway, but it's just ugly technique by Jari there. So we're three goals in. It's 3-2 Devils now early in the third period. And our goalie has given up probably two ugly ones and a, and a middle one. Uh, that shouldn't have been an opportunity to begin with, except for a bad rebound. All right. Well, at the very least, only down by a goal. But here's where the Penguins, again, start to get sloppy. They start to get sloppy. They can't do anything on the power play. And 
Now we're screwing around again. This time, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a four-on-four situation. Chris Letang uh, turns it over at the opposition blue line. Here they come back the other way. It is it, it establishes possession for the Devils. It does the goal doesn't happen in transition, but Andre Palat does a great job of fighting for it along the sideboards. Gets the puck down low. Mercer centers to Holtz. Tristan Jari doesn't even know where the puck is. There's a, a still frame uh, that several people tweeted out tonight. Jari is looking back over his left shoulder. The puck is being shot by Holtz from out on the right side of the crease from Jari's perspective. Jari doesn't even know it. Again, Redeem Zahorna plays soft in that moment around the net. I get it. He's not supposed to be at the net in that point. But a million things going wrong, and the goaltender loses track of the puck and then, again, does not come up with a big save. His guys aren't helping him in that instance, but he's not helping them either. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is why it's just, it, 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 as Mike Sullivan said, just a poor performance all around. And then what? 30 seconds later, uh, you get Chad Ruedel and uh, Ryan Shea doing what Herb Brooks described a little more colorfully as looking like two monkeys trying to a football. Um, just terrible. Uh, and Jari's blocker isn't up to the task either. And so that cluster turns into the devil's fifth goal and the game's over. It's done at that point. And again, it's just not good enough. Sidney Crosby said that after the game. Mike Sullivan said that after the game. That is the blanket statement for the Penguins. But here's the problem. When you win five in a row, but you have to win five in a row just to get back to where you should have been or around where you should have been, you're in trouble now. There's no room for error. There's no, There are no margins right now for the Penguins. It's got to all be tight. It's got to be right within the framework of what they need to do to win. And if it's not, you get what we had tonight. Once the, any one part of this thing starts to leave the framework of how this is supposed to work, how this is supposed to get done, the other aspects of the roster have to be able to pick up the slack. And I'm now just making random hand motions that have nothing to do. I look like I'm trying to land an airplane at Pittsburgh International. 
which it feels like is what the Penguins are trying to do. Land a- a- an airplane, even though none of them has any experience flying. I, I, I take that back. There could be one or two guys that have tried to fly a plane before. But if all of a sudden you needed somebody to land one, I, I don't know if I'd count on any of them. And I sure as hell can't count on them to play a complete game right now. Here's the problem. Again, if you're not going to play a complete game and on deck, you have the schedule that the Penguins have on deck, you're in trouble. I told you they got to get six points or excuse me, eight points out of those six games. That doesn't look like it's happening right now. I'll just be real frank with you. The way they played tonight, they're in deep trouble. Uh, Deep, deep trouble because the power play has the ability to win them games. And it's losing them games instead right now. And again, you can look at what's coming up. If they don't, that's the first step here. They go down to Raleigh, they lose Saturday night, they come home on Sunday, they get the Golden Knights who've been hanging out in their hotel room all night, relaxing after doing God knows what to the Flyers Saturday afternoon. Before you know it, this thing turns into, with the Rangers coming into town Thanksgiving Eve, this thing turns into a four-game losing streak and we're right back where we started, seemingly. And again, I'll take being right around 500 and battling and scratching and fighting and clawing for every single point you have to earn in the standings. If there is a little bit of a inconsistency to it, but what is really difficult to swallow is when it starts to get streaky, right? Cause that tells you when it starts to get streaky, that tells you that mentally they're locked in for days, maybe weeks at a time. But that once they start to feel like they're doing things right, they lose it. And that again comes back to the idea that Mike Sullivan, as much as I love Sully, can't get through to these guys on a consistent basis anymore. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's been able to for the last few years, to be quite honest, at least to the stars, to the big three, right? Every single time it feels like they're gaining traction, it gets lost again. That inconsistency is maddening. If you win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, and you're constantly right around the same baseline, that's easier to tolerate. It's easier to understand because you're probably winning and losing just based on talent alone. This team has a ridiculous amount of talent. It just doesn't have the mental fortitude to follow through on what they need to do to win with that talent, which is be responsible. Don't try to do too much because your talent is going to take over naturally in those instances. And they they just can't help themselves. They can't. And they're going to cost someone a job whether it's one of their teammates who gets traded because Kyle Dubas feels like he has to make a move to wake up the room and Ricard Raquel still has not scored. We're getting close to that point. POJ still hasn't been able to shoehorn his way into the lineup on a regular basis. We're getting close to that point. There's going to be some kind of move made. And whether it's that or, I don't know, the dismissal of an assistant coach. They're not going to fire Mike Sullivan. 
They're not. Unless this thing really goes way off the deep end, way, 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 way down into the tank. They're not going to fire Mike Sullivan. So that being said, something has to happen. If you don't get through these six games with at least eight points out of them, and I don't think they're going to, you do have to consider making a move of some sort. It doesn't look, you don't have to be drastically bad. You don't have to be three and at a three and six pace as they were to start the season in order to understand that moves have to be made. And that's where they're going to be. If they look up and look less than eight points in these six games would be, let's say seven points in these six games, right? So let's say you win three and you get a tie in there somewhere else, right? Or an overtime loss, or you only win three of these six. If you want, let's, let's go that, that route. The, the first one I mentioned, the, the former, if we go with that route, let's say they are then, well, I want to make sure I have up-to-date standings. I do. I do. Uh, let's say right now the Penguins at eight and seven go, I don't know, three, two, and one in these six games. They've already got one of those losses. But let's say they go three, two, and one, and they're 11, nine, and one, and they've got 23 points. 23 points in another week and a half is going to be just enough to get you into the wild card discussion. And again, I gave that example of in the salary cap era, 75% of the teams that ended up in the playoffs were in playoff position at Thanksgiving. So it is, I know it's an artificial line of demarcation, especially because Thanksgiving fluctuates, uh, but it's still a line of demarcation. And if you're not in that spot, I, I do think something has to happen. If you're not in what would be a playoff spot when you wake up next Sunday morning, the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, you got to do something. Whether it's make a trade just for trade's sake, call up Jim Rutherford. Say, hey, JR, how do you do that thing where you trade a guy just to trade a guy? Remember when you when you got rid of Carl Haglin for uh, Tanner Pearson? Can we, can we do something like that? I Yeah, I know it might make the team worse, but I got to wake the guys up. Or, hey, guess what, Todd Reardon? I know you're not a bad coach, but this is an otherworldly power play. You coach the power play and we can't get it together. Sorry, you're done. That'll get some that you think that won't turn some heads in the room. Either one of those things, a trade just for trade's sake or the dismissal of an assistant coach. That'll get the boys attention. But again, here's the question for how long, maybe that gets their attention and they rattle off four or five, six in a row. And then they think everything's fixed, right? And they fall back into the same habits and then they lose three or four or five in a row. And before you know it, we look up and they're right around 500 and it's deadline time and we're trying to figure out what is this team? That's the worst thing you can be at the NHL trade deadline is not knowing what you are. Because if you don't know what you are or you won't readily admit to what you are, you end up you end up making some bad deals. Hi, Mikhail Granlund. How are you? Um, and... Look, I think Dubas has a better grip on things. And look, he's certainly got more leverage right now uh, because it's his first year. But the worst thing that could happen to him is he gets to his first trade deadline with the Penguins and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know. He wants to add. He wants to buy because, well, 
Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carlson. But he knows that this team is just bound to make another first-round exit, even if they get to the playoffs. So maybe sell. And then you're trying to make, quote-unquote, hockey trades. And is that even enough? Is that going to be enough to get you beyond the first round? And that's all we're asking for at this point. That's the thing. I know some people are going to be, not many, but I think some people will will be at least less angry if they simply get back to the playoffs. But they got to win a series. Win a series for the first time in five, six years. Do that. Win, win a series. And people will start to find some contentment and start to believe that maybe there's a chance you get one more run out of the big three before guys start to hang them up. But there's nothing in the way they played tonight against New Jersey that indicates that that is in there. That this is a team that when it gets to March can win a series because they'll, I mean, we can go, we'll go all the way back to the Islanders series that they lost four or five years ago. They will either make a stupid turnover at a blue line somewhere and or their goaltender will fail to pick them up in that instance, or their goaltender will do something stupid and they will fail to pick up their goaltender in that instance. That's They are what they... I'm going to go Denny Green here. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Um, they are what they are until something happens to force them to be different. And the only thing large enough at this point to get them to act differently for a long enough period of time, i.e. the rest of the season, if not longer, is a seismic move. Like a, like a, and again, I like him a lot. I don't think he's the problem. Like a Mike Sullivan getting fired kind of move. Because something's not registering with these guys. If he continues to go out there and say what he thinks he needs to say and tell them to play the game that he knows they need to play, and I think we all know they need to play, then you got to be a little more conservative, a little more under control, and it's still not sinking in for anything more than two weeks at a time. I don't know what else to do. Even if he's even if he's the best coach in the league, you still got to look at him and go, sorry, you may be the best coach in the league, but these guys don't listen to you anymore. And maybe you bring somebody else in and they don't listen to him for any more than two weeks at a time. Well, then, you know, it's, it's, it's time to say, Hey boys, um, might be time to hang them up. Um, but as long as they're together and they think they can make one more good run, they're going to want their guy and their guy right now is Mike Sullivan, or at least Sid's guy is Mike Sullivan. And if you're not where you need to be again by next Sunday morning, by the morning of November 26th. So 10 days from when I am speaking right now, if you're not in a spot where you need to be, i.e. a playoff spot. Yeah. Something big has to happen or something has to happen of some significance. And then when we look up another month and a half from now, and they've gone through another three-week-up, three-week-down phase. Maybe that's when a bigger move happens. But something's got to happen. Because we're just living Groundhog's Day. 
the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know how you snap these guys out of it. Maybe they've just got so much experience and they've already been there so many times that you can't snap them out of it until they wake up and it's mid-April and they're down, you know, they're down three games to two and all of a sudden life is on the line. But then it's too late. It's too late. Feels too late some nights. Feels too late when you decide to, to too late to acknowledge reality when you go out there and try and trade offensive chances with a younger, faster team than you. It just, this should have been a, a, an even hockey game, if not advantage Penguins, based on all the injuries New Jersey is dealing with. And instead, it was barely even most of the time. And then New Jersey just steps on the gas without three of their best players. Meyer, if not their, their three best players. Meyer, Heischer, and Hughes. You just melt down in the third period. So we'll see where it goes from here. But it ain't been pretty. And again, with the schedule stacking up the way that it is, they're going to have to turn it around in a hurry. Um, next episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff coming to you early next week to look back on this weekend's games in Raleigh and at home against uh, the Golden Knights and preview uh, the three games that we'll call on Thanksgiving weekend. Wednesday night at home against the Rangers, Friday night up in Buffalo, and then Saturday Thanksgiving weekend uh, with the Maple Leafs coming to town and a large contingent of Canadian fans with them. Um, so early next week, we look ahead to Thanksgiving weekend and see if there's still any hope for them to get to where they need to be come Thanksgiving weekend, or if we've got to have a more serious discussion about what levers get pulled and what switches get turned and what buttons get pushed if they are not where they need to be come the conclusion of Thanksgiving weekend. As always, thank you for watching on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page. Don't forget to follow and subscribe Fifth Avenue Face Off, however you get your podcast, especially right there in your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. And we'll talk again after this weekend's games, looking ahead to Thanksgiving weekend about where this Penguins team sits and just how much more wild the up and down roller coaster may be right here on Fifth Avenue Face Off.